Hello, you're listening to the Co-Create Work podcast with Lakita Williams and Chloe Anderson. At Co-Create Work, we help leaders just like you build companies that change lives. Each week on this podcast, we talk all things leadership, personal development, well-being, lifestyle, and creating the capacity it takes to build a great company with more ease and alignment. Welcome to the Co-Create Work podcast. Hello, co-creators. Welcome to the Co-Create Work Podcast. And this week we are talking and continuing our conversation about well-being. And we're going to use this opportunity to talk to you about our breath framework that gives you a guide and a handy tool that you can use as a practice when you are working on your well-being, which we hope is all the time. Uh, But it just gives (laughs) you very clear steps and Uh, in order to put a practice in place that'll help to support you as you continue your leadership, both in the business and outside of the business. So I'm super excited to have this conversation today, Chloe. Yes. And what I love about this framework is that it's an acronym that's related to well-being, right? Breath. Breathing is so important. And we're going to talk about all these things, but it's an acronym that and framework that will help you, as Lakita said, just walk through, especially when you're feeling a little bit disconnected or you're feeling out of out of alignment with yourself, out of balance, this is a really great framework to walk through to reconnect to your well-being. Yes. Yes, let's do it. So let's jump in with the breath framework. And Chloe, how about you kick us off with B for body? Yes. So as Lakita just said, B is for body. And that's where we're going to start. So much of the information we have about how we're doing sits in our body. One of the tools we love for body is just doing a body scan to identify where you're feeling tension, where you're feeling tight where you're feeling relaxed and start to connect with that to, to start to understand how are you feeling? What is happening? I think the noticing piece is so critical. And sometimes I, I notice for myself, uh, a couple of minutes will pass and I will say, Oh, I actually am feeling tight in my shoulders. Something that happened a few moments ago is bothering me, but I missed processing it, you know, from a, a logical standpoint or, or through the brain, but I feel it in the body. And so that by noticing it allows me to put some attention there to do a bit of a scan to help to support my body. And then it also helps me to recollect and really name and notice what is happening for me as well. Yes. So that's one way that that can happen. The other thing that can happen, and this happens frequently for me, is my body screams at me something, Mm. especially when I'm feeling when I'm feeling upset by something is that my heart will start beating fast and I'll feel this tightness in my chest. And, and that is there and happening. It's also a little alarm for me to, to stop whatever I'm doing and connect with myself and what's happening, especially so I don't take action just based on that body response, right? So that I pause and like connect and go, what, what's happening? What just set this alarm off? Cause something set it off. Yeah, absolutely. And we see body show up quite a bit for leaders as they are sharing new information, as they are having difficult conversations, 
a lot of times we will work with leaders on this area of body because even if we don't share or say something, our body communicates something. So body language is important. And so we really have to tap into our body, our emotions, how we're feeling in order to process that information because it kind of shows up regardless. So people, other folks can feel us, they can feel our energy. So you might get feedback like, hey, was something going on for you or what was happening during the meeting? And that may catch you off guard, but it's usually because we are having a physical reaction or showing up in a way where the stress or um, feelings of anxious are showing up and we did not realize that that was happening. Yes. And one more thing when it comes to body is breathing and it's the breath framework and it also starts with a B, but breathing is also a really great place to start to connect to your body. So one of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling, again, out of alignment or a little bit unbalanced is to just stop and do some box breathing, which I will put a link in the show notes for what that is because it can be really helpful just to have that moment to reconnect and you can get really grounded. Yes. And I think we talk about this a lot, which is to bring all the tools that you have available to you. And breath work is one of the practices that we recommend for our clients. We work with a wonderful practitioner, Brittany Wilson, who we've mentioned in this show many times. We will link her in the show notes and we have our leaders work with Brittany as well. But identifying your own practice like breath work and noticing are really powerful. It will help you as a leader to come from a place where you feel more calm and more grounded, but it also allows you to process emotions, which is really important. Yes. All right. So we've covered B. Next, we have our R, which is rest. Lakita, do you want to jump into rest? I love rest. (laughs) Partly because it's been one of my biggest challenges and a thing that I am really trying to get a hold of this year. And we have talked about rest also quite a bit on the podcast, definitely by intention. For rest, we're talking about taking physical and mental breaks And it's necessary for our well-being. And this is not, um, you know, we're resting to do more, right? This is, this is about intentional rest just to allow yourself to have that space and to have that support. So we think about rest a lot within the context of taking a couple of vacation days. We have also talked about building in intentional rest throughout your day. We want to also highlight some of the systems that support rest. For instance, co-create work. We have a Monday through Thursday schedule to make rest a part of how we do our work. We also are huge advocates of sabbatical and we have helped clients implement sabbatical programs, not just for the leaders, but for their entire teams. So when we think about rest, we're encouraging you to think about it through a systems perspective 
because sometimes we will get pushback of like, well, if everyone is resting, who is working or (laughs) our clients won't allow us to take rest. And what we're telling you is to put your leadership in place and take a stand and say, hey, here is what we are going to prioritize. And then here are the systems and processes we're going to put in place in order to support what rest means to us as an organization. One other thing to note with rest is if you notice that you are like avoiding rest or booking yourself, you know, minute to minute to minute, and you're not taking that time, it's a good opportunity to, again, reflect and connect with maybe what's going on with you. An avoidance of rest or downtime can be an indication that there's some fear there, that there's something you're avoiding. And so this is also a good practice to put in place to say, am I taking enough rest? And if I'm feeling resistant to rest, investigating what that resistance is, because it may be that client piece. It may be some limiting beliefs. It may be some fear responses, right? It may be in a scarcity mindset, there's lots of reasons frequently that we avoid rest. And so taking the time to investigate that if you are avoid feeling avoidant is, is really valuable. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And we often have conversations with folks where they have reached a point of what they would describe as burnout. And sometimes what the, the feedback to them is, you know, from other folks is like, Hey, take some time off. But to Chloe's point, if you don't investigate what's happening underneath in terms of why you aren't taking rest and then what is causing you to feel overworked, overburdened or burnt out, then you can't really get to the root cause. So that, that root cause piece is super critical for rest. Yes. And then giving yourself permission to rest. Going back to Lakita, what you were saying around, it's not rest for productivity. It's rest for rest because mm-hmm. we deserve to rest. And we've mentioned so many times, Trisha Hersey's book, Rest is Resistance, and we all deserve rest. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you are giving yourself permission to rest. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, next up is E for emotions. Yeah. So as we think about emotions, there are similar, I I find this to be the same for body, Chloe. Sometimes, you know, I will have a feeling in the body, have completely passed emotional processing and have to take a few steps back to say, hold on, what was happening or what, what am I feeling? And a lot of, we will work with a lot of leaders as well. And we will say, how do you feel about this? What are your feelings about the future? And we hear all the time, oh, I'm not comfortable speaking about feelings, or I don't even know how to name a feeling for this right now. Or the third thing is people, rather than giving us a feeling response, go right to a cognitive response right? And it isn't an actual feeling. It's like, well, I am thinking about this or I'm thinking about that. So this practice of asking yourself what you're feeling, what is the feeling you're having is so valuable. And again, with all of these, there's some investigation to it. So can you identify where that emotion is coming from? What is that emotion communicating to you? And that investigation is like 
life-changing for people. We do this work with clients all the time. There's a course that we do as part of our management training sessions around this, where we help people think about not just what are they feeling, what is the emotion they're experiencing, but also investigating what is that emotion telling them. And we get so much good data from emotions. We want you to connect with them. Yes. And there's no good or bad. There's uncomfortable and comfortable. There's no good or bad emotions. They are just data. And Lakita's laughing right now quietly because I say this so often. No negative or positive emotions. There are uncomfortable and comfortable emotions, but they are data. And if if we're not exploring them and investigating, we are missing out on so much great information. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a huge portion of this starts with identifying the feeling. And so a tool that you might use is called the feeling wheel. It's based in social work and it has... Lakita, I just bought a pillow that has the feeling wheel on it <laughs> Oh, my I office. That. <laughs> I have to see, I'll have to see that. Yes, yes. Uh, but the feeling wheel based in social work and is used across so many industries now and as a part of folks' personal practice. But you can go online Google filling wheel and find a copy of this filling wheel and just practice naming your emotion. Okay. What is it that I am actually feeling right now? Because once you can identify the feeling, you can understand, okay, for me, what caused this feeling? And you can begin to walk through thoughts, feelings, actions, right? A lot of times we will end up in a space where we're at the action, but we aren't clear what feeling led to that action and what thought led to that feeling. So if you, you know, a base step for this one is to get yourself a feeling wheel and just start naming that feeling to yourself and understanding where this, what is driving this feeling and where is it coming from? One more tool that I love here is if you are okay naming the feeling or you get that feeling wheel and you can name that emotion, but you're struggling to connect what that emotion is communicating to you because that it's a practice and it can be really hard. I love Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, because it walks through, I think it's 87 emotions and talks about what those emotions, where those emotions come from. And that's been so helpful for me. I think one that stood out to me was like, if I'm feeling resentment, like, where is that coming from? And it was like eye-opening to me just to have that as a resource. So that's one more resource that I really love for naming and identifying what your emotions are telling you. Absolutely. And I, some of the biggest transformations that we see, right? Sometimes we have uh, seen bad behavior with leaders and the bad behavior is the action that we'll see. So they will take an action. You know, there's a recent news story, a CEO got on camera and was yelling about folks, uh, you know, not wanting to work hard or do a good job. What was the feeling that was driving that? And then what was the thought that was driving that feeling, right? And you first have to understand from the the individual's perspective, they may have been feeling resentful. What are you feeling resentful for? To Chloe's point, what is causing that feeling of resentment? And when you can identify what thoughts you are having, you can choose another thought because that 
thought that um, supported the leader responded in that way was a thought around scarcity, not a thought about abundance. So how can you make a different choice, right? And yes. this has so much positive impact. When you as an individual do this work, it is going to be transformational for you personally and transformational for your leadership. So the investment here is significant. Yes. Okay. I think we have covered emotions. Let's now go to A, which is attention. And attention is where is your attention being pulled? We want you paying attention to attention, (laughs) right? What's happening for you? So when we think about attention, there's a lot of ways we can help support ourselves in terms of where our attention is and is being pulled and is going. And one is planning. Yeah, absolutely. And planning is... One of the areas we talk about and work with clients on a lot, it is a practice that I think folks, you know, kind of think about Chloe and they're like, it would be great if we had a plan, but don't make time for it. So when we say attention, you need the opportunity, you need the space to think the thoughts and then you need the space to implement. Implementation is a critical part of attention and planning. So you notice things that are happening in the business. If you're listening, you probably have a list of 10 to 15 things that you want to do right now, but you haven't made space to go from thinking about them or having attention on them to planning. So you can have the attention, but you also have to combine that with the space to plan how you're going to respond. So with this, we want to encourage you to build an annual plan. You should always have an annual plan. You should map out the quarters for that plan and you should update it quarterly. Also give yourself space to just pay attention and ideate and reflect without any action. That is part of the planning process as well. So we really want to encourage you to, you. I don't know, Chloe, this might happen to you. I will have 15 thoughts, you know, in the morning about what we need to do, but I have to make space for those thoughts, not just get them on the list somewhere and fully walk them through a process. And your planning process is what allows you to fully develop what your attention is on. So one other thing that I want to add, Chloe, is that there are things that folks aren't paying attention to. And in order to ensure that you're paying attention to the things you want to and need to be looking at, then you have to build a practice for that. And that practice is intentional connection, one of the five components of culture that we talk about. And what you do here is you set up a cadence of when you will look at the different areas focus of the business, what information you will look at, look at, and then you make a decision or respond based on that information. But I, I think it's important to name not only the things that come naturally to you for attention, but having a plan for the things you may not be thinking about. Yes. And those things that you're not paying attention to that you want to be, or sh- I I don't love using the word should, but there are some things that we should be paying attention to. Percent. And Lakita, as you were talking through, you know, you'll have that list of things going and making space to actually pay attention to that list and not just put it down on a list, but actually plan. I find myself frequently getting stuck in a space of I've got all these things on my list and 
And a lot of my attention is going to trying to figure out which thing to pay attention to first. Mm -hmm. And I get stuck in that space. So what planning can also do is free up your space from thinking about the plan or thinking about like what's happening. And I use the example frequently with just meal planning Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. my husband so that every day I'm not spending 20 minutes thinking about what are we having for dinner because we've spent 20 minutes at the beginning of the week to plan it out. And then it's out of my attention completely because I don't have to pay attention to it. And then it frees up that space. So much for, time. Yes. Yeah. And and there are so many things in our businesses that are like that. And it's like 10 minutes here, five minutes there, but it adds up. And so if we can take the time to plan that frees up the attention to be where it's going to be most impactful. A, a thousand. It's like when it's your phone is in the background tracking where you go and it's you. It's using your battery. If you turn that off, then it is not using the battery to focus on that thing. Yes. Perfect (laughs) analogy. And I'm going to start, you're going to hear me use that a lot now. Totally. (laughs) Uh, So, so as Chloe said, having that specific place where you spend time on the thing you need to focus on with intention is critical. And that's what we're talking about here with attention. You know, we talked about last week with well-being and how much energy our brains take up as far as like, you know, what we're doing. And this, we have this in here, which may not seem like it's well-being, but it is huge in terms of your well-being. Having your attention set where it needs to be frees up that space, which is so, so important to your overall just wellness and presence. Absolutely. I think you, you totally are in alignment with what I was thinking as we were talking about attention and we started to talk about some of the systems elements, which is as we're going through this breath framework, folks might say, okay, what you're talking about, like some of the business practices, um, or you are talking about some of the systems that I should put in place or how I communicate all of that has a huge impact on your well-being and the well-being of the team yes. and ultimately the work that you all are doing together. So even as we name this, if it doesn't feel like, oh, this is a quick connection to well-being, understand that we're approaching this from a systems perspective, which is what are all the things that need to work well in order for me to feel well? Yes. Yes. All right. Next Let's go one. To thoughts. I yes. love thoughts. Thoughts, <laughs> thoughts, team. I do too. <laughs> so thoughts, the very first thing we want to kind of say here about thoughts is notice. And we talked, we talked about this both, I think, body and emotion, right? Yeah. Um, is that we have to notice those thoughts and not skip. So I often find, again, we talk with leaders and they will have skipped. And it's like, okay, but what's the, at the root cause of this? What are you thinking that is causing you to have that feeling and then take the action that you're taking? So we have to identify those thoughts just like we identify the feelings. And one big thing with thoughts is limiting beliefs. And 
there are so many limiting beliefs that come up. Chloe and I were doing a podcast interview earlier. We talked about hiring and the limiting beliefs that come with hiring. You can't trust people. Someone is trying to take advantage of me. I can't work with a stranger. Those are all limiting beliefs. And what we find is that they are very sneaky because they will come up in conversation all the time. It's like, hey, I don't have the capacity to build this next thing. I don't have the skill set. It's not always as obvious. So when you find that you're telling yourself, no, or I can't do this, just investigate that a big, a bit more. And we always like to talk about what's true with the big T versus true with the little T, right? So little T truth usually has limiting beliefs associated with it. There are things like, um, you are feeling that, right? You're feeling or you're having the thought that I can't do this. I don't have the skill for this. You can't trust people. That is, that feels true to you, right? It feels true to you as an individual. But then I want you to ask yourself, is this a big T truth? And think about big T truths as universal truths, right? So the universal truth is the universe is an abundant place, right? Uh, Most people want the best for others and themselves. So what is the big T truth here? And am I, are my thoughts reflecting a big T truth or a little T truth? So you can acknowledge yourself, validate yourself, but it doesn't make that small T true. Yes. And Lakita, I love what you said. And I, I don't even know if you were doing it intentionally, but you said you are having the thought that, and that is such a powerful change in language, just doing that one thing rather than like, I can't find good people just saying, I am having the thought that I can't find good people because it gives you some distance between you and that little T truth or that limiting belief. One that I love is, is the story I'm telling myself is same thing, same concept. It's, it's, it's helping you reframe the thought. So it's not a truth. It's just a thought. And then you can investigate and then you can explore and then you can reframe and go through those practices to get yourself to a place of abundance, a place of growth, possibility, possibilities, all those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I love this point about still acknowledging the little T truth, right? You have to acknowledge yourself because otherwise there could be some shame. So I believe I can't hire great people. Shame on me, right? I I should just, I'm listening to Lakita and Chloe and I should just know that they're great people out there. We first have to just start with an acknowledgement. Okay, the thought that I'm having is I can't handle uh, hire great people. What's an alternative thought to that? What is a big T truth to that? What is a universal truth to that? I'm acknowledging that this feels true to me. And I'm saying what else might be true? What else might be possible? The the thing I love about that too, is when you start to think what might be possible, then you start to think about and what are the actions I can take to get to that, right? So then you get to intentional action and you create the truth. Absolutely. And then you create, you're creating 
a new reality, right? Yes. Uh, and that is what we're talking about here is moving from a place of feeling stuck to a place of possibility. I want to name that with thoughts, and there has been tons of conversation around toxic positivity, right? From our perspective, that is this idea that kind of if I just like, say happy words and affirmations that things will change. That is not what we're talking about. We're also not talking about ignoring your feelings and the thoughts that you have. What we are saying is what is a thought that will be affirmative and helpful to you, as well as what is a universal truth? Like, is it really a big T truth that there aren't great people out there? Absolutely not, right? So this isn't about, quote, pie in the sky ideas. It is what our reality is. And sometimes there is so much language out in the world, Chloe, that is more pessimistic or negative that when we say, okay, what is the language of possibility? Folks have a negative reaction to that, right? But the truth is, is that we have a bit of negative negativity bias in us. So we we really have to be intentional about saying like this thing that I'm saying to myself, is it actually true? And what is going to be affirmative? I acknowledge why I might feel that way. And what is going to help me feel better that will also allow me to take some steps. Like you mentioned, we must have action associated with that. And the last thing I want to say about this is that I love that you just named shame and toxic positivity, because as you start to notice, especially just listening to the po- this podcast, you're going to start noticing more because it's in your subconscious and congratulate yourself for noticing. It can be really easy when you start to notice, just be like, oh my gosh, I'm such a negative person and I need to change this thing and blah, blah. That's not what this is about. It's just about noticing so that you can then explore and reframe and open yourself up to possibilities that are real and true. Yeah. And it allows you to make choices that are in alignment with the outcomes that you actually want. And that's what we're talking about here. And when we are able to do that, guess what? We feel well. And feeling well is not about I'm always happy and jumping around and smiling, but feeling well is taking care of the different parts of ourselves and making sure we have a plan to get back when we feel like we're off track. And I, as you mentioned, well, was just thinking about what we talked about last week as far as being Mm -hmm. and this thought piece, this reframe puts you in a state of starting to be that positive belief, that abundant belief, right? Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. All right. Uh, We are at the last letter here, which is H. And it's for hooray. (laughs) I love that. Which I had to say like that, right? Totally. (laughs) Hands up. Jazz fingers. It was amazing. Yes. (laughs) So what's hooray, Chloe? It is celebrating wins. And we have talked about this. We talk about this all the time and we do this with our clients all the time. Taking time to celebrate your wins, to acknowledge how much progress you've made. And as Lakita and I were prepping for this episode, I was saying, 
I, I had a real struggle with limiting beliefs for a long time and judgment of those beliefs. And so the first thing I started to do in terms of celebrating wins was just going, oh my gosh, I noticed, I noticed, and that's a win. And so celebrating wins is anything, anywhere from that little win celebration to like, oh my gosh, we just signed a new client, right? Like all of those wins, but taking that time to celebrate and sit in and be in those wins, even if it's just for a moment, is so impactful for your well-being, for the well-being of your business, for the well-being of your team. It is it this one, and I know I say it's critical constantly. This is critical. <laughs> like it's all this critical. is big C it's critical. critical. <laughs> We're just now gonna be like big C. Big, big this. <laughs> I yes. love that for us. So I, I think this is so powerful as well, Chloe. And one of the things that I really like to say is that your wins are your affirmations coming true, right? And so that you have affirmed that you can do this thing or that you'll achieve this thing. And then the win is the celebration and noticing of that affirmation that you were saying, but is now is in reality. And so wins are so powerful for that reason and have such a huge impact on how we feel on our business and what our team, like having our team celebrate wins as well. Again, and I, sometimes I have a challenge with this, Chloe, because I feel like we're always saying like, okay, and the counter narrative to this could be, you know, folks are like, well, you're always celebrating wins. I hate that that has to be a part of our current reality. And I want to name it, right? That, yeah. that sometimes we hear, okay, if I'm celebrating wins, folks won't take non-win seriously. And that is about communication style. It's about your leadership and how you say, okay, now we have a problem that we have identified and we're going to work on that problem. Wins is separate from that. So you, you identify and you, you notice, Hey, here are the things that have we have set intention for and that have come true and we have made those things happen. And as Chloe mentioned, it can be small. I noticed my thoughts. It can be big. It can be anywhere in between. But identifying and naming those wins out loud uh, are really powerful affirmations for yourself. And Lakita, to your point about like, what's the counterpoint on this or the counter narrative? One of the things that can be so helpful here is systems. Mm-hmm. like a system for celebrating wins. So one of the practices that I have had in place when it comes to like facilitating a session for someone is what went well, like, let's talk about this. And what do I want to do differently next time? Right. So it's built, the celebration of wins is built in and it doesn't take away from there may be things I want to improve, right? There are systems you can put in place for it. And so that, and, and I am a big proponent of systems when it comes to celebrating wins so that you are intentional, so that it is consistent, so that you don't, because what can happen sometimes as leaders is something's drawing our attention. We celebrate that win. We make the time for it, but then the next win that happens for someone else, we want to acknowledge a team member in the context of like the bigger picture. Maybe there's something that's going way wrong off on the side that you need to pay attention to. And if you don't have a system to celebrate wins, you miss acknowledging the wins for your team members. And so then it feels very inconsistent and it can actually create problems if you don't have a system. 
Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Love, love celebrating the wins, noticing the wins. I mentioned my Instagram last week. I'll mention it again this week because I had a little post about my family system for celebrating wins because we have a system in place in my family around celebrating wins. So go check out that post because it's kind of fun. (laughs) I love that. Um, One thing that we hear as well from leaders is, hey, we rolled out this new product or benefit or way of working for our team and folks don't seem to notice. When we hear that, that's an initial clue to us that maybe there's an opportunity here for you to have a system set up where you celebrate wins uh, and that that is not being done enough. So if you are hearing feedback or you're having concern amongst your team, like, "Ah, you know, we didn't win anything or we, you know, we aren't delivering the best or um, we don't have this type of internal support, take a look and say, hey, have we been celebrating our wins and understanding where we have been successful? Yes. Okay. So that's our breath framework. Just to walk through it one more time, really succinctly, be body. What's going on in your body? Our rest. Are you taking the time to rest? What kind of rest? E, emotions. What feelings are you having? Connecting with those. A, attention. Where is your attention? Where do you want your attention to be? T, thoughts. Big T truths, little T truths, and reframing. And finally, H, which is hooray, which I have to say like that. Every (laughs) single time. And every single time as well. (laughs) Are you celebrating your wins? Yes. And the outline for this breath framework will be in the show notes. And we hope that every time you say it or name it, you allow yourself to take a beat and actually take a breath (laughs) as a practice for yourself um, and way that you can put this into practice. You don't have to leave this podcast episode and say, I have to do all of these letters immediately. Uh, you can actually do them one at a time. We, I, we had a challenge recently, which was a well-being challenge where we outlined this framework and shared some prompts. If that's something that you are interested, even though the live version has already passed and being a part of, then we will have details for you on how to sign up for that in our show notes. And we would love to hear your aha moments and takeaways from this episode or from a part of uh, that challenge. Yes. And as Lakita said, that will be in the show notes. And Lakita, to your point of you don't have to do all of this right away, similar to last week, like moving from a one to a two in certain areas. With this one, choose one that feels like it will be impactful, feels like you can incorporate it. Just choose one and start putting some practices and systems in place to support that one aspect of the framework. And then when you've got that in place and it's working, go to the next one. Absolutely. One of our favorite kind of sayings is like, just what is your next right step? It doesn't have to be everything, but what can you do next? Beautiful. As always, thank you for your leadership and have a wonderful week.
Thank you for spending time with us today. For any resources referenced during today's episode, you can find that information in our show notes at cocreatework.com slash podcast. You can also connect with us on Instagram at cocreatework. If you have any questions about this episode or transforming the future of work, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at cocreatework.com. And if you'd like a little weekly love in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list and get our guide to 40 powerful questions to accelerate your growth. The link is in the show notes. Finally, we want more leaders like you joining us each week. So don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Co-Create Work podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.